listening to the Border Perspective Audio Podcast, broadcasting out of the Rio Grande Valley of South Texas, hosted by Christian Salinas. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode. I am your host, Christian Salinas. Now, if you subscribe to this podcast and you've been keeping up with it for a while, you're well aware that the economy has been the dominant subject matter over the past few weeks. And frankly, it's getting a little depressing. So we've decided to change gears a little now because there are so many other things going on in the world and, of course, here in the Rio Grande Valley. So over the next few weeks, we want to start exploring some of these issues. Now, one of these issues is something that uh, we can all relate to and uh, none of us can deny. I'm speaking, of course, about the unbelievably high temperatures we've experienced this summer. It's hot. It's very, very hot. Everywhere we look, fields are catching fire, tires are bursting, uh, cars are breaking down, pets are dying, people are getting sick. Yes, here in the valley, we are used to very high temperatures, but these temperatures are extreme, even for us. Now, a lot of people believe that the high temperatures are due to what some call man-made global warming. Now, others think that the sun is acting up or the planet is just changing on its own as it always has, uh, that it's all just a very natural process. Whatever we all choose to believe, the outcome is still the same. The climate is changing. The environment is an issue that we should be paying attention to, and a lot of people and some governments around the world are paying attention to it because it is an important issue. So this week, we thought we would explore the greener side of the Rio Grande Valley. So what about the Rio Grande Valley? Are there any issues involving the environment that are very specific to our area? And if so, is there anything that can be done about it? We thought we would talk to some people in the valley that are pretty active when it comes to issues concerning the environment uh, to try to get a better understanding of just what's going on here. My name is Stephanie Herwick. I'm the chair of Lower Rio Grande Valley Sierra Club. My name is Mark Pena, and I'm from Edinburgh, Texas, and I'm a member of the Lower Rio Grande Valley Sierra Club. I have to admit, I had never heard of the Sierra Club uh, prior to this interview. So I asked Mr. Pena if he could explain a little bit about what the Sierra Club is. Sierra Club is, uh, is a, uh, actually it's an international um, environmental organization. And, uh, you know, its main goals are to protect the environment. So the big question is, what are the biggest environmental issues that all of us here in the Rio Grande Valley should at least be aware of? You know, over the last uh, two, two and a half years, uh, I guess the the biggest issue that has been particular to the Rio Grande Valley has, of course, been the border wall that was erected, uh, constructed along the border and its effects not only on the environment directly as far as uh, wildlife, but also the uh, social impact that it has for the communities both on this side of the border and the other side of the border. But the border wall at its heart is is an issue of habitat loss. Um, as you know, we live in a really unique area. Um, the Rio Grande Valley is one of the most biodiverse uh, regions in the United States, but most of it is actually threatened due to habitat loss. Um, it's estimated that there's you know, something like three to five percent of the original habitat that was here now remains. It's just tiny little slivers. Um, and uh, that's all been lost to agriculture early on and, and increasingly to, to urban development. 
Um, and so many of our really sort of spotlighted uh, native species are critically endangered now, like the ocelot, the jaguarundi, um, the Kemp's Ridley sea turtle, the brown pelican. Um, and we've got also um, two uh, paths of migration that converge here on the valley. And so our, our migratory birds um, throughout North America rely on the valley as a stopover during their spring and fall migrations. Um, they stop in those habitats and use the food there and the shelter there to, to rest and refuel to move along on their migrations. We live in a very uh, arid area of the country. I mean, it, it's, it's uh, geographically we're a semi-arid area, and so sometimes we have plentiful rain, and other times, like now, we have very little rain. And so uh, the wildlife depends heavily on the sources of water that we have available. And compared to other areas of the country, you know, we have a few areas of, of we have few bodies of water, and the Rio Grande, of course, is the major body of water. And so the wildlife in this area depends on having access to uh, the river. The, the Rio Grande is, is very important. It is, it is the main body of water that we have, fresh water, that comes through the valley. And, I mean, so it is not only important to, um, it's not only important to wildlife, but it's important to, to human beings as far as the social impact of the border wall. It has had great impact because it has essentially, uh, it has cut many of us off from from the community on the other side of the river. And so, I mean, as, as a child, I can remember uh, frequently our parents would take us across to visit relatives. And, you know, since childhood, I mean, it has just become so much more difficult to cross and the border because it's, it's essentially become a militarized zone. And, uh, and it's it's unfortunate because you know the, the valley region is really one community, and the 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 border wall has divided that. And now, and I and I, I must say that I realize that there are some um, there are some legitimate problems that we face, especially with regards to uh, drug trafficking and uh, you know the illegal immigration problem. And those things have to be addressed. But the border wall was a um, an extreme response uh, to those problems, and there are other ways that we could address that, and it's unfortunate that our country decided to waste, you know, millions and millions of dollars on erecting a border wall that really is, is having no impact <laughs> on, on, on the immigration issue. So it has wiped out a tremendous swath of land, and people have, the wall wasn't built right on the river in many cases it's built you know maybe a mile away from the river to the north and um it has cut people off from their own property and it essentially made the land between the river and the wall no man's land even though it is um, on the u.s side of the border it is no man's land now and for those of us who used to love to um, canoe down the river it has uh it has blocked access, and it is uh, unfortunately for many people um, and for generations to come, they'll never be able to appreciate the beauty of uh, of the river corridor. Um, and so, it, it's a real sad thing. And um, 
for someone who's grown up here, who was born here, it's it's very sad. And uh, it was just a an extreme response to some legitimate problems, but I think some problems that could have been addressed in a much different way. So it turns out that the border wall is not only a political issue, it's also a major environmental issue, and it's not the only one. We're very concerned right now about urban habitat, um, like the urban forest, and we've got two hot issues right now. Um, one of them is um, in Harlingen, the International Boundary and Water Commission, uh, which is the federal agency that uh, monitors the the boundary water, the Rio Grande water, and also all the flood waters that that come with it. Um, they're saying that they want to clear the trees um, from the banks of the Arroyo Colorado all throughout Harlingen. So basically, strip the riverbanks bare throughout Harlingen. Um, they're claiming that they want the water to flow more quickly through Harlingen, um, but basically what we're saying is they want to take a natural river and convert it into a drainage ditch. And that river supports two huge nature parks in Harlingen. Harlingen has more natural area than any other city in the valley. It's also the only major city in the valley that has a a natural river running through it. Um, So we're we're very interested in, um, we're 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 working to try to get I to, to preserve that Arroyo Colorado as a natural river, um, for the benefit of the people in Harlingen and for the, the creatures that use that river as a as a wildlife corridor. And the second thing is the McAllen Botanical Garden. Um your listeners may have heard about this, uh, but we recently were able to or, or the city of McAllen uh voted to preserve uh, the botanical garden as a natural uh, forest. Um, there was there was a, a plan in the works to um, convert the forest into a um, tennis court um, or a tennis uh, complex. Uh, but um, at this point, uh, McAllen has begun to recognize that having a forest in the middle of their city is a really wonderful and unusual gift. Um, and so uh, we are encouraging um, the city of McAllen to work quickly to preserve that in perpetuity for the coming generations to really understand what it what a Tamalip and Thorn Thorn Forest is, uh, because it is one of the one of the oldest forests in the metropolitan area, McAllen, Edinburgh, Far, and Mission. Another issue, of course, is uh, the tremendous growth that. Uh, the valley is experiencing and how we can manage that growth and, and make sure that the growth that does occur um, is done uh, in a positive way that benefits everyone. In addition to uh, how our cities are actually um, developed uh, to make sure that we have multiple transportation options, multiple living options, and that we have uh, smart, compact development that makes it possible for people to to walk from their homes to places where they shop, where they where they play, and where, you know where you know, where you know, things like going down to the the corner store to get a, a, a gallon of milk, you know that we don't always have to get into a car to do those things, and that our our communities are are bike friendly, that we have adequate public transit, 
hopefully someday in the future we'll have superior public transit. But so those are all those are issues that uh, the Sierra Club has been concentrating on here in the valley specifically. Okay, so there are several environmental issues that are very specific to the valley. But why should we concentrate on the environment when we have so many other things to worry about, such as the economy or the unemployment rate? Everybody and everything is affected by climate change. Um, we're already suffering drought here in the valley that they think is um, is called, they're calling um, our, our weather patterns here the new normal. Um, we're going to be subject to increased droughts, increased large storms, um, just more extreme weather. And in addition to that, um, computer models show that um, the predicted ocean rise that's going to happen from the melting of the ice caps um, is going to really make Brownsville ocean property within the next 100 years. So we are absolutely affected by that. But at the same time, uh, we have a, a great opportunity here um, to be a part of the solution when it comes to energy generation. We have wind potential here in the valley. We have solar potential. We even have um, the potential to develop geothermal energy sources. And those are businesses and jobs, green jobs, that we could be attracting here and make the valley sort of a center of, um, of, of green uh, energy production and, and green and green jobs and employers. Mr. Pena and Mrs. Herrick have brought up uh, several areas in which the Rio Grande Valley's environmentally active community uh, have been concentrating their efforts. So what can we do if we'd like to lend a hand? If you care about these issues, get involved at some level, whether it be, you know, with an organization like Sierra Club or whether, whether it be directly, you know, where you are actually in front of, uh, of governments, uh, you know, city councils, county governments, that are actually making policy for our area and, 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 and let our public officials know that we don't want to continue to grow the way we've grown over the last 50, 60 years with the type of sprawl development that we have in our area. And so these are all things that the Sierra Club is trying to address. Uh, you know, it's not simply, you know, animals and plants. You know, we're talking about the human environment also because that is so important uh, to our how we use our resources and and we are in a, in a time of, of great climate change. I think all of us, uh, you know, in, in Texas know that with the, with the record <laughs> temperatures that we've been experiencing, you know, I, I just, I don't remember a time where we've had 105 degrees for, you know, months at a time. You know, I think, you know, for anybody who, who knows that there's something going on in our, in our atmosphere and we have to address this and, and we're going to have to, find, you know, I, I'm a realist, and I, I think it's going to be a, a tremendous challenge for us to, to make a difference. But we're going to have to find ways to, to live. I think we're going to go through a period of time where we're going to have to live with uh, a very difficult uh, uh, climate, and we're going to have to find ways to live under those um, conditions. And one of them is, is how we develop. We have to develop sustainably. And having, we cannot continue to develop outward. 
we've got to we've got to find better uh, ways to develop our communities so that we can get around easily, and we don't become um, prisoners of our own environment where people can't get out of their homes uh, because uh, you know they don't own a car and, and the gas prices are so high that we can't even afford to own a car or or pay for a car. So these are all real important issues, and I and I care about them deeply. Uh, and I know other people do too. And, and if, if you want to get involved in these kinds of issues, I, I would encourage you to get involved in the Sierra Club or, or some other type of organization that cares about these things and, and try to make a difference in our community. Now, you might be thinking, do we really have to go out, uh, hold meetings, vote, etc.? I mean, maybe we already recycle. Maybe we've stopped using plastic bags and we've changed out all our light bulbs. Isn't that enough? Changing the light bulbs is a start, but for the changes that are required, I think it really does take getting together. You know, this is really about the quality of life here in the Valley. Ignore for a moment, you know, the the pressing global issues and, and the need to get off fossil fuels and just think about the kind of McAllen or Brownsville or Highlandgen or Mercedes or whatever community you live in. Think about how you want your children and your children's children to grow up in those communities and think about what kind of place you want to leave for, for those kids um, and for those generations. The most livable cities that we know of have public transportation. They have opportunities for cyclists, and the cities are walkable. They're energy efficient. They... Uh, they foster a sense of community by encouraging um, conservation and encouraging the city to appreciate its green spaces and its, its uh, urban forests and and to recycle. So I think that that it I think you know we're all in it together, and if we want to leave those that kind of world, and I and by world I mean just the valley, just our city, just the, the place that our that our children and our children's children inhabit, I think we really do have to get together and work together. Um, our children and and the future generations also deserve a place to have experiences with the natural world of the Rio Grande Valley, how it has been for centuries. They deserve to see chakalakas and Texas tortoises and indigo snakes and even, you know, get a chance to glimpse an ocelot in the wild. Um, my, I, I certainly know that my daughter deserves that. So, so in my opinion, we need to take that extra step, get out of our house, join up with our community, join up with our friends and neighbors, and come together to create a better communities and, and a, a better world in general. So it would seem changes in our own habits is a great start. But to make significant changes... Whole communities need to get involved. But what if no one around you seems really interested? What can a single individual really do? Well, I think an individual is like a pebble that is thrown into a pond. You know, you have a, a tremendous impact to make, to make ripples in the pond. And, and um, you know, your ideas, your passion can affect others. Uh, and, and when you join forces with other people, you can make tremendous changes. And I will admit that it's, it's difficult in, in this t- 
corporations seem to rule uh, our country and money seems to make all the difference. But I do, I, I'm still an optimist and I do think that individuals uh, ultimately make a difference. In conclusion, Mr. Pena sends out an open invitation to everyone here in the Rio Grande Valley. We've got, some, we've got an upcoming event that's coming up on uh, September 24th. It's at 8 a.m. and it's going to be at TSTC in Harlingen, uh, Texas State Technical College. And it's, it's going to be called, it's called the Moving Planet Rio Grande Valley. Throughout the world, there's an event going on on September 24th. It's called Moving Planet. And, and the whole idea is to, for people to focus on the climate change problems that are going on in our world and try to make a difference and, and demand that our governments uh, do something to address this and not, not ignore the problem. And so uh, what we're doing on that day is the Sierra Club is, is sponsoring a bike ride in Harlingen, and it's for the entire Rio Grande Valley. And we'll be riding uh, bicycles, and it's it's a it's a family community bike ride. We're not going to be riding fast. It's just it's just a demonstration of our commitment to uh, moving away from fossil fuels and uh, using an alternate form of transportation and having fun. We'll have information there at the university uh, that talks about the climate change issues, um, and so I encourage people to just come out and uh, enjoy the day. And we'll, you know, there's going to be other people out there with bicycles, and we're going to ride for about eight miles around the community. It's going to be very, very uh, leisurely ride, and so I don't want anybody to be afraid of coming out. Bring your families with you, and have a good time. And we, we you know, we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to have some information out there about climate change and the environment and ways that people can make a difference. You can learn more about the Sierra Club by visiting their website www.texas.sierraclub.org. In addition, uh, we are on Facebook, Slower Rio Grande Valley Sierra Club, and we post everything that we do there. So uh, it's a great place to find out upcoming events, meetings. Our meetings are open to the public, and they are generally free unless we meet in a place that has an admission fee. And we we try to meet all over the valley from South Padre to Star County and anywhere in between um, various uh, months so that everybody that's in that particular area gets an opportunity to to come. So that's it for this week's episode. We want to thank our guests, Mr. Mark Pena and Mrs. Stephanie Herwick, for taking the time to be with us. Uh, They certainly gave us a lot to think about. For Border Perspective, I'm Christian Salinas, and as always, we thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading the Border Perspective audio podcast. You can find archives of past episodes, more information about all our guests, and our most recent contact information on our website, www.bpscast.com. Produced by Border Perspective Studios, an independent digital media company.